It's February 22nd, 1997, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Let me take you back to a world before tabloids had terrorism and reality TV to fill their headlines. This was the era of the zombie food panic, and nowhere was this more apparent than the worldwide media sensation caused by Dolly, an innocuous-looking Finnish Dorset sheep who was the first mammal to be successfully cloned from an adult cell. And Dolly was actually the side project in a longer program by this organisation called the Roslyn Institute, based just outside of Edinburgh, and their main preoccupation was to uh, try to to find valuable pharmaceuticals in the milk of genetically modified sheep. And I was thinking, I absolutely love it when that happens and my casual side projects become like <laughs> massive fi- scientific firsts that make newspaper front pages all over the world. Although Dolly hit the press on this day in 1997. In fact, uh, lamb number 6LL3, as she was when she was born, (laughs) had been born seven months prior to this. And the reason that the news hadn't leaked until now is because everybody at the Rosslyn Institute wanted to get this news into a serious scientific journal. So the study was going to be published in Nature, but Nature wouldn't publish it if it had already been in the press. So they kept it Mm. from the news media And then it came out on the front page of The Observer, Sunday paper here in the UK, and the world's press descended on Scotland. Yeah, they had sent press releases out to journalists with a strict instruction not to leak the news before the 27th of February. But on the 21st, the team at Rosalind was tipped off that Robin McKee, a journalist at the Observer, was going to break the story the very next day. So this led to the very surreal sight of a hastily convened sort of, I want to say press conference, but you can't really have a press conference when the main star is a non-talking mammal. (laughs) I don't know. Did you see Michael Jackson's last one? (laughs) (laughs) It led to very surreal scenes of this sheep calmly munching away in her pen while these news photographers massed around her. Also, Roslyn is this tiny village that really hadn't experienced anything like this before or since. Now there is actually a Dolly's Tea Room in Roslyn. Which, to be fair, is quite a modest way of capitalising on the success. (laughs) I agree. It's not like it's a Dolly theme park. (laughs) And I looked at Dolly's Tea Room's menu, uh, which actually looks very nice, but it doesn't serve any lamb. They're really not going for it. (laughs) Well, Dolly is significant scientifically, though. It's not just that this was a media scrum, because there had been more than 400 attempts to create Mm. a cloned animal even in this lab. And previously, cloned animals that they had created had been born and died. Dolly was Mm. the first to make it, basically, and the first to be reported on, really, since a frog had been cloned in the 1960s. So this came as a surprise, not just to the world's media, but also to the scientific community, who thought it might be possible, but weren't expecting it to suddenly get announced. And it's important that Dolly was the first mammal to be cloned, as opposed to those frogs that were obviously reptilian. And that speaks to what was actually the important breakthrough of the successful cloning of Dolly. So Dolly had technically three mothers. So the way that this was done is that a cell from a mammary gland, so from an adult sheep, was removed from one donor sheep. It was then placed in an egg cell from another donor sheep, which had had its nucleus removed. So you've got the DNA from sheep A and the egg of sheep B. And then what they yeah. used, because, you know, you know, obviously cells divide and that's what eventually turns into, you know, the fetus. That process was kickstarted via an electric shock. And then it was implanted in a surrogate sheep sheep c so the important thing that this showed was that it was possible to clone using a mature adult cell rather than using embryonic stem cells which obviously for many reasons has been extremely controversial not least of which the embryo usually has to be destroyed after it's been experimented on i mean the real thing that innovated with dolly 
was the fact that she had a name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't significant, but I do think the reason it got latched onto was they gave her a name and then everyone in the world knew what this was. If, if she had been born and kept the name 6LL3, I don't yeah. think that would have caught on. <laughs> I must say, when I saw that experimental name, it did have me trying to, at least in my mind, flip my mental uh, calculator to see if they had gone for another risque thing, like sort of, you know, when you type out 58008 and <laughs> boobs when it's upside down. <laughs> yeah, so we should say, so she was called Dolly, if you don't know, because the cells she was made from came from a mammary gland. And Dolly Parton is very well known for her memories. Now, Rebecca, you are <laughs> sighing audibly. Um, but I do think, I mean, I've, I've heard Dr. Ian Wilmot sort of give a talk about it in the last four or five years. And that still gets a laugh in the room. Yes, I feel like it's laugh. fortunate that it was Dolly Parton who herself has always made a joke of her boobs. I think it would have been really awkward, actually, if, if they'd have just, if they'd have called it, you know, Anne Widdicombe. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, <laughs> yeah. I think what starts as a little gag in the lab is probably very different when it gets put on the world stage in front of millions and millions mm. of people. Um, Wilmot has had to, <laughs> I swear, he's had to answer almost as many questions about that as he has about actual cloning. But he has, <laughs> he has, stu- he has stood by it. He said he still thinks it's a good gag. Well, can I say, though, yes. in defence of him, that he is my now favourite major scientist to see interviewed because he's he is so British and he underplays everything. <laughs> he gives one-word answers to really long questions <laughs> and he sounds a bit like Alan Bennett. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> Apparently at this, oh, apparently at this media circus where they, every, all these reporters and photographers turned up to see Dolly, according to People Magazine, Wilmot waved his hand at the reporters and said, "You'll all be gone by tomorrow." Well, that may be the case, but actually, the story precipitated obviously all of those front pages all around the world. But then there were parliamentary inquiries, a study by Bill Clinton's Commission on Bioethics, and also there was this revision of the UK Human Embryology and Fertilisation Act to explicitly ban human cloning. And I think all of those reactions go to the fact that this was a thing that in a lot of people's minds uh, was a, a foretaste, or a first step at least, of the idea that we might start cloning people. Yeah, so the fact that Dolly was a mammal became important because obviously humans are also mammals and although no scientist in the world would tell you that that's an, there's an easy step from cloning a sheep to cloning humans you wouldn't have known that by reading the tabloid reaction at the time which had a mm. tendency to run away with itself massively predicting yeah. the imminent arrival of widespread human cloning and resurrecting the dead yes there was a time magazine front cover from the time you know n- not a tabloid mm. with with the headline human cloning is closer than you think that was the <laughs> journalistic reaction to this across the board was turned to Mm. sci-fi let's dial this up let's make this sexier could we have armies of human clones and it's so weird Mm. because the science is extraordinary anyway and what could be achieved by having cloned a sheep which now has been achieved is further experimentation to clone human cells yes but to test out cures for deadly diseases not to make an Mm. army of like (laughs) korean dictators or whatever it's just so Mm. weird that Across the board, everyone, right up to President Clinton, jumped on, well, this means we're about to clone humans, when it definitely didn't mean that. Dolly, when she died, she died at the age of six. Uh, she was euthanised after developing a lung disease that doesn't seem to have been related to her origins as a clone. It was like a viral cancer, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Her body was preserved and donated to the National Museum of Scotland for public exhibition, which is kind of funny, given that she looks like a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> and you're turning up to see a taxidermied sheep. But I think you understand the significance yeah. of it. That, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd go. <laughs> I mean, Lenin looks like a corpse. I don't know, you yeah. know, what's your point exactly? <laughs> or if you go to see anybody, that's... 
what you're looking at. I mean, Sheev is not Lenin. <laughs> Lenin is famous. Well, Dolly's famous too. Do you know what? You've got me. Dolly I'm is cornered. famous. Prior to her death, of course, she actually lived a fairly happy life. I, I think it's important to note because after all of the fuss died down, she was just a very happy and well-attended to sheep who apparently grew quite fat. Uh, and she kept receiving visitors right up until her death. And her first fleece was gathered by a champion shearer at a public event and used to make a jumper promoting. And I think th- that it's so lovely that she uh, chose this course, <laughs> a cystic fibrosis research uh, <laughs> project. So well done, Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, she became quite spoilt, though, according to Wilmot. I mean, you say she became. Oh, fat this is the backlash to Dolly's fame, isn't it? This is like Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> right, all over yeah. again. <laughs> well, I, don't, I do think there's some sort of microcosm of celebrity culture in this anecdote, um, but I'll let you unpick it. Apparently, the only way to take her photo was to offer her food because she's an animal, um, and everyone wanted to take her photo all the time. So she got fat because she was always being given treats so that she'd come over and have a photo taken um, and just became used to the idea that she'd have extra snacks in addition to her meals. Well, apparently she's been preserved in her most glamorous form because she was stuffed after her death and then given to the museum. Um, but she was stuffed in such a way that apparently she looks much thinner than she actually did <laughs> throughout most of her life. <laughs> Why? I don't know. How could body shame know. a cloned animal. Maybe they were em- embarrassed about how much they'd overfed this, <laughs> this poor animal. <laughs> but as I say, what a legacy that uh, all scientifically produced animals now get named. Since Dolly, we've had the first Chinese commercially cloned cat, Garlic, a purebred <laughs> Hereford calf clone called Chloe, and Snuppy, an mm-hmm. Afghan hound puppy, the first dog to be cloned. I was in South Korea. <laughs> they just sound much more approachable, don't they? Is Snuppy because Snoopy would have been copyrighted? <laughs> Tomorrow. But from the 2022 vantage point of endless porn at your fingertips, it seems pretty quaint. <laughs> Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 